This is My Child Will Thrive, and I'm your host, Tara Hunkin, nutritional therapy practitioner, certified GAPS practitioner, restorative wellness practitioner, and mother. I'm thrilled to share with you the latest information, tips, resources, and tools to help you on the path to recovery for your child with ADHD, autism, sensory processing disorder, or learning disabilities. My own experiences with my daughter, combined with as much training as I can get my hands on, research I can dig into, and conferences I can attend, have helped me to develop systems and tools for parents like you who feel overwhelmed trying to help their children. So sit back as I share another great topic to help you on your journey. A quick disclaimer before we get started. My Child Will Thrive is not a substitute for working with a qualified healthcare practitioner. The information provided on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat your child. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before implementing any information or treatments that you have learned about on this podcast. There are many gifted, passionate, and knowledgeable practitioners with hundreds if not thousands of hours of study and clinical experience available to help guide you. Part of our goal is to give you the knowledge and tools you need to effectively advocate for your child so that you don't blindly implement each new treatment that comes along. No one knows your child better than you. No one knows your child's history like you do or can better judge what is normal or abnormal for your child. The greatest success in recovery comes from the parent being informed and asking the right questions and making the best decisions for their child in coordination with a team of qualified practitioners in different areas of specialty. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Autism, ADHD, and Sensory Processing Disorder Summit. In order to learn more about the summit and to sign up for free, please go to www.mychildwillthrive.com forward slash summit. Hello, and welcome back to the My Child Will Thrive podcast. Today in the podcast, I have for you an excerpt from an interview that I did with Dr. Elisa Song. Dr. Song is a expert in pediatrics. She's board certified, and she has a wonderful approach to how she works with families in a holistic way to ensure that their children thrive. This interview is an interview that can be seen on the current uh, version of the Autism, ADHD, and Sensory Processing Disorder Summit in entirety. Today on the podcast, I'm just going to give you a taste of what you can learn there. If you want to sign up for the summit uh, and listen to all the interviews, including Dr. Elisa Songs, you can find that at www.mychildwillthrive.com forward slash summit. Interviews from that summit and my past summits, as well as masterclasses that we host here at My Child Will Thrive, and my framework that I teach on how to determine what the right treatments and therapies are for your unique child, all can be found in the My Child Will Thrive Knowledge Vault. So you can also get access to that. The members of the the My Child Will Thrive Knowledge Vault get ongoing access to the 100 plus interviews and masterclasses in a searchable format. Uh, so that you can find the information you need as quickly as possible so that you can help your child for where they're at right now. If you want to just learn about the Knowledge Vault, you can see that at www.mychildwillthrive.com. But 
without further ado, let's just talk about the, what you're going to hear today on the podcast. Dr. Lisa Song is going to talk to us about all the things that you can do and look for when you're, you're dealing with asthma, autoimmunity, and ear infections, and to, to eczema, and why she feels, and she also does practice a functional integrative approach with all the families that she works with in her practice. Types of things that you learn during the entire interview are why we're seeing an increasing rate of autoimmunity, asthma, eczema, and allergies in our children. She talks about in the interview how taking a deep dive on both ours and our children's medical history can actually guide the path to healing for your child what foundational steps you can take at, to start the healing process in a manageable way, which is always really important, and what types of immediate natural interventions you can use to help your child during a flare of something like eczema or a bout of asthma. What steps you will need to take to address the underlying causes of atopic illness like eczema and asthma and so much more. So this interview in its entirety is jam-packed with so much information. Dr. Song goes into some of the tools she uses in her toolkit as well to help the families that come to see her. So without further ado, here is a snippet of the interview that I did with Dr. Elisa Song. So it is really hard to differentiate between when it's a normal, or I should say normal regression, um, or or something like you said, a phase that you think that they might wash out of, but, uh, and when we should be really getting aggressive. Yes, absolutely. And you know what I tell parents is, you know, it's not that there are more of these bugs around. You know, I, I don't think that there's more strep floating around. I don't think that there's more hand, foot, and mouth virus floating around. I don't think that there's more Lyme, you know, that ticks are carrying. I think it's what our kids' immune systems are doing and what we, uh, and our adult immune systems are doing. They're not responding appropriately to these infections that our body should be able to contain if we're in a healthy state. And that goes back to, well, why is this autoimmunity happening in the first place, right? Why are our kids' immune systems so dysfunctional at an early age, you know, sometimes from birth? Right. And that goes back to really then what can we as, you know, mamas and papas, you know, now, even before we conceive or, um, you know, even if, you know, we have a child who has neurodevelopmental concerns and we're thinking about a second child, what can we do, right? That having that second or third child after you have a child with autism or, you know, special needs can be a really frightening prospect, right? Mm -hmm. I have a lot of parents who come to me and say, we really want to have a second child, but we're so afraid that this might happen again. And we don't know that we have the bandwidth to, you know, to help two or three children, you know, who have incredible, you know, biomedical needs, school needs, you know, social needs. Um, And so that's where we really look to see, well, what can we do for prevention? You know, what Mm -hmm. do we know about some of the potential causes and triggers for autoimmune illness? And, you know, how can we set the stage then in this child developing immune system and body to make sure to the extent possible, right? That, uh, that they don't shift over into this autoimmunity. Yeah. So w- let's talk about a few of those things because the same things for preventative can be also mm-hmm. applied to, you know, what to do about it. So what, what would you, what do you say in terms of the first things that you look at uh, mm-hmm. addressing? Yeah. You know, I go, I go back to, if, if I have the opportunity, I tell parents really, if I could get to parents, three to six months before they're trying to conceive, that's, that's really the ideal time. You know, that's the best time to do prevention because we know that 
um, really the heart of our immune system and the heart of our nervous system is the gut, right? That's what we teach in functional medicine. Mm -hmm. It all starts in the gut, but there's a backstory to that, right? You know, this baby doesn't just come out and all of a sudden they have the gut that they have, you know, it really starts with that mom's gut, um, you know, before she even conceives. So that gut microbiome is really critical to establish even in utero. <clears throat> so if that mama's gut is disrupted, let's say she's had chronic yeast infections or she's had a ton of antibiotics you know, throughout her childhood and adult life, or she's on a ton of Zantac you know, for reflux or, or having a huge amount of stress, we know that stress alone disrupts the gut microbiome. And then that disrupted gut microbiome exacerbates the stress because most of our serotonin and our dopamine, something like 80 to 90% is made by our gut. So it becomes this vicious cycle. And so addressing that mama's gut, making sure that she's eating you know, a diet that's full of phytonutrients to support her gut lining, adequate levels of probiotics or, or fermented foods, doing a gut cleanse for yeast or parasites before she gets pregnant, um, really trying to reduce her maternal stress. We've actually shown there's studies looking at maternal stress during pregnancy and changes in her vaginal flora. It's fascinating, right? Mm -hmm. But what mom isn't stressed nowadays? You know, whether you have, you know, zero children, you're working 80 hours a week, or you have three children and you're thinking, oh my gosh, how can we handle a fourth child, right? And you're not really taking care of yourself during your pregnancy, but um, to the extent possible, having those mindfulness routines, you know, exercising, making that a priority, right? Addressing mm -hmm. maternal adrenal fatigue if it's there because if we as mamas have adrenal fatigue, which most of us do to some extent, but when it's really severe, our adrenals can actually literally start, um, you know, feeding off of our baby's adrenals. And then we have babies who come out, you know, in this fight or flight mode and much more at risk for eczema and allergies and subsequent neurodevelopmental issues. And of course, vitamin D, you know, making sure that mama is really, really, um, optimizing her vitamin D levels because we know that low vitamin D levels prenatally is correlated with um, higher risks for autism and eczema and asthma in our babies. Maternal antibiotic use and maternal Zantac use has also been linked with increased risk for these the eczema, asthma, you know, this atopic class of illnesses in our kids. Mm -hmm. And in fact, if you know, you know, we all bring with us our family history, right? There are some kids with eczema and asthma I see that have zero history. There's no one in the family who has eczema and asthma, but there are some families where, you know, every older sibling, aunts and uncles, you know, cousins, mom, dad, they all have eczema or they all have had asthma. And so that child just, you know, has a higher risk. Mm -hmm. um, but so they, we found that if moms during their third trimester and while they're nursing, take a particular probiotic called lactobacillus rhamnosus, mm -hmm. that she can significantly reduce the risk of that child developing eczema and asthma. So again, goes back to the gut health, right? Mm -hmm. Now, once babies are born, we have these postnatal factors also that we can we can um, modify as well. We don't we can't necessarily modify how our babies are born, but if we if we can have a vaginal birth, um, that would be ideal, right? Because going coming out through the birth canal and getting exposed through all that good vaginal flora makes a huge impact. We know that C-section babies compared with vaginally birthed babies have very different gut microbiomes within that first two weeks of age. And in fact, some hospitals now are um, doing studies on taking um, for the C-section babies taking a vaginal swab from mom 
trauma and swabbing baby's eyes, mouth, nose, rectum, right? To colonize that baby and finding that it actually can be very helpful. So that is a potential option for babies who are C-section birth. But if you were, if you do have a baby who was born by C-section or you received antibiotics for group B strep, making sure from the very beginning, day one, you know, giving probiotics to that infant, giving and taking probiotics yourself is very important. Um, if there are other reasons for um, gut disruption, like that baby is very fussy and colicky, and your pediatrician says, you know, they have reflux, let's get them on Zantac. You know, there are times where Zantac might be necessary, but I will tell you there was a shift somewhere in the early 90s where, you know, in my training, or I should say the early 2000s, you know, my training never ever did we put a baby on Zantac for being fussy, you know, or having colic or reflux. All of a sudden, there was this one year I remember where we had these drug reps coming in saying, look at this new indication for babies who are fussy, you know, get, get your babies on, on Zantac, um, which at that point wasn't generic. And uh, mm-hmm. um, I mean, all of a sudden, we had these two-week-olds, these three-week-olds who were fussy and colicky and mothers and fathers didn't have the tools to um, deal with that. And their babies were immediately put on Zantac. And it does help often, but we have so many tools when we're using an integrated medicine Mm -hmm. toolkit to really handle that reflux and that colic without turning to Zantac because Zantac in infants has been shown to have a higher risk later on for that baby to develop eczema and asthma and autoimmunity. Same thing with early antibiotic use, antibiotics before the age of six months. Um, Tylenol use has been shown to increase the risk for um, autoimmunity and atopic illness. So if we can use an integrative medicine toolkit, and this is where, you know, I just visited my twin, uh, not my twin sister, my baby sister, Mm -hmm. um, who just had twins herself. And so, and her little babies were going through a really, really hard time with um, constipation, you know, fussiness, gassiness, spitting up. And her pediatrician had recommended, you know, perhaps stopping nursing and going on formula. And I just, I said, <laughs> this, I, we, this is not acceptable, right? Mm-hmm. This is not okay. I, I made an emergency trip out there. She lives in Denver. Mm-hmm. I brought all of my tools. I brought, you know, special infant probiotics, including a probiotic called Lactobacillus ruteri, which has been shown to really help um, soothe that colicky intestinal tract, you know, for babies who are who have reflux. Um, I brought my acupuncture needles. Yes, you can do acupuncture for infants and it works remarkably well. Um, I brought some herbs um, like chamomile um, and fennel that have been shown to reduce reflux and colic in infants. Um, and I brought my homeopathic medicines. I brought you know, something called cosintol, which is a homeopathic combination for upset tummy and distress and colic in infants. And I got my, uh, my sister on an elimination diet. Mm-hmm. I took her off of gluten, dairy, soy, eggs, and nuts. And she said, well, oh my gosh, there's nothing for me to eat. And I said, oh my gosh, there's so much for you to eat, right? Mm-hmm. Let's look at that. Let's look at all the lean meats you can eat and any fruit and vegetable, mm-hmm. right? You know, there's so much. And, you know, it takes about two to three days to wash out from your system, from the breast milk. And in the meantime, we started babies on acupuncture and the probiotics and homeopathics um, and the herbs. Three days later, 
happy, calm babies pooping regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, you know, she's um, pumping and able to nurse. They're on the breast milk, no problem. Mm-hmm. And now we're at the point where she's slowly one by one reintroducing each food to see, well, what was the biggest culprit? I'm sure it's the dairy <laughs> in this case. I mean, that's the number one for babies who are reflexy and colicky. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, gluten would be the next second. So, um, and then once babies are older, you know, once they're toddlers and once they're in grade school, it's, you know, really the, the, um, it's really our diet, you know, our standard American diet. That's one of the biggest culprits in creating this inflammation, this underlying inflammation in our kids' bodies that then once you have this inflammation that's up to here, then you get this infection or toxic exposure like mold or heavy metals. And then the inflammation bumps up to here, right? And then you get another inflammatory insult like emotional stress, Mm -hmm. which our body can't distinguish the inflammation caused by emotional stress and physiologic stress. That's all inflammation. And then we bump up to here. And now our children their bodies can't contain it. And we see the eczema and the asthma or the autoimmune phenomena. So to the extent possible for our children, as they get older, if we can keep their diets clean, right? Mm -hmm. Keep out those artificial flavors, preservatives, um, colors, um, eating a rainbow of phytonutrients. And I, I know that some of our kids, you know, the parents listening, their kids are so sensory defensive and they're eating maybe three different foods and it's got to be the same package of mac and cheese and it's got to be the very same chicken nugget. But there is a way to do this. Your kids can get there. It's not a race. You know, we just keep taking baby steps. And, you know, even if it means that in a few months or just licking a strawberry, <laughs> you know, mm. and holding an apple and just smelling it. That's progress, right? That's progress. And your kids can get there. Um, and then, you know, really uh, pesticides, right? Eating as organically as possible. And I know organic foods are more expensive. Um, so really focusing then on the dirty dozen that mm-hmm. the environmental working group um, hands out. Um, every year they update their list of the most heavily sprayed foods. And then they have their list of the clean 15, which are less sprayed, but pesticides like glyphosate, you know, Roundup are highly toxic, um, not just as a, uh, as a chemical and, you know, causing stress in our liver detoxification systems, but glyphosate, it actually is classified as an antibiotic. So every time we eat something with glyphosate, it's going to kill off many of our good probiotics in our gut. Mm. Glyphosate itself has been shown to disrupt the junctions between the small intestinal lining. That's leaky gut, right? Mm. That's leaky gut. That's food sensitivities. Well, I mean, I think that, that, um, you know, everything that you were just talking about, it, it, it goes to the, with, with all of these kids, the personalized medicine approach yes. is so important. So from right from prevention through to, um, to actually what do we do for our particular yes. child. Yep. And, and that's the challenge for parents is that they're learning all these things that could be impacting. They're seeing bits of their kids in every description of probably every talk they're listening to yes, on the summit. Absolutely. And then they say, you know, it gets a little overwhelming, but the reality is, is that it does need to be a very personalized approach and why, uh, you know, you work with your patients to make sure that you have such a comprehensive history because yeah. it, it does change the way you, you approach things. It does. And, you know, the other thing that I, I would just like to back up and say to any of the parents listening out there, you know, there's so much mama guilt, right? You know, we as moms, I mean, no matter what is going on with our children, um, we, we are constantly racking our brains with 
what did I do wrong? You know, what could I have done differently when I was pregnant? Oh my gosh, was it that tuna fish sandwich that I just had to have when they were, you know, when I was four months pregnant? Um, was it because I cleaned the bathroom, you know, with, with that cleaner because there was so much mold? You know, we can't go back and change what the story, what our backstory is, right? Um, and so, you know, this is just not to have parents feel guilty. It's just to say, you know, there is always a backstory that when we use functional medicine and precision medicine and individualized medicine, we can then go back and say, well, okay, what is this child's backstory? You know, what tipped them over um, to having this neurodevelopmental illness or this autoimmune illness? And then what's the backstory that we need to unravel? Mm -hmm. And that's where we get to the true root causes of what happened for that child. Um, and we move on with hope, right? We move on with, with the knowledge that, okay, once we identify um, whatever happened to this child and figure out what the root causes are, we need to first deal with our own guilt, right? And just say, all right, this is, I, I, I know that this is not reversible, that I can't change, you know, what happened in the past. But what is reversible is the damage that then ensued. Mm -hmm. And I can do the work that I can as a mama and with my practitioner um, to really move forward and make my child as healthy as possible. Um, and, and we can do that. And I do want to say for parents too, there's usually one trigger that we might identify, whether it's mm -hmm. that strep throat or that tick bite or um, you know, that vaccine, but it's, it's never one thing, right? Mm -hmm. There's always this, this, um, this backstory of events that happen. And, and what we see as a trigger is just the straw that broke the camel's back, mm -hmm. but that's the most obvious trigger. But even for a kid who overnight seems like they develop pandas after strep throat, there's something that happened that made that child's immune system just be a little off that then tipped them over. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's what functional medicine is. Functional medicine is getting to that child's story and figuring out what we can do. Yeah. I, I think that's, it's very, exactly what you said is there is a lot of mom again. And I, you know, if yeah. I always yeah. say, if I knew then what I know now, but, but it is, but I still go back to saying exactly what you're saying, which is that the medical history is, is important because it's how we identify how to move forward. Yes. And so it's, it's important to unpack that, not have guilt over that, but then leverage that Yes. And, it, and it makes a massive difference moving mm -hmm. forward when you've really yeah. dug into it uh, with, with vigor. So that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me this week on My Child Will Thrive. I'm so passionate about giving you the tools and information you need to help your child recover. And as they say, it takes a village. So join us in the My Child Will Thrive Village Facebook group, where you can meet like-minded parents and stay up to date on everything we have going on at My Child Will Thrive. This is Tara Hunkin, and I'll catch you on the next podcast or over at mildchildwillthrive.com.